0: Or should I say, April Fool's Noirros? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're here for another week. A bit of a a crazy week. I don't know why you, you may have seen a, some social media posts uh even just the title of the episode this year seems a bit off for this roadhouse doesn't it yeah but in a, in a way it feels quite fitting it's, it's true in some in some way i, I can't I wait i can't wait to to try this one on uh speaking of fitting because i think it's going to be a nice glove yes welcome to the show gentleman joey here and i got it i got a nickname suggestion for you dan from Melissa. oh yeah. one. Oh, no. okay I'm yes, uh, a listener. Yeah, we we got one from Chris from Portland, Oregon. Wow, <laughs> I love saying that like that. My buddy Chris, he said, "Inspector Dan." I like it. Yes,
1: I like it. It's,
0: it's quote, "Norish gadgety and a touch observant." Oh, yeah,
1: I like it. Yeah, I, I mean, I will say that I am, I, I am, and was a fan of Inspector Gadget growing up. So, uh, I mean, I
0: think that's where we're all getting the uh, gadgety from for sure. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. That was like one of my first thoughts for sure. Yeah, not many. Not many Famous inspectors, I guess, with inspector first. Oh, so? so. Yeah,
0: apparently inspector means like a fucking dickhead, <laughs> a wacky dickhead. Oh, really? Dan, you froze on me. Uh-oh, this is not a good start to the podcast. Oh, did I? Well, can you hear me at did least? Did you say cool stuff? I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out when I'm editing this sucker. What'd you say? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I can hear you just fine. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you're coming in
0: clear to me. No, I just got a nice frozen shot. I mean, right now we're we're doing great, but before it was a nice frozen shot of that uh that T Rex shirt you got going today.
1: Oh, thanks, man.
0: Someone someone just pulling all the stops today, hey, we're doing Roadhouse. Better put on the, the Bull Allen shirt.
1: Exactly. Like I was actually frozen, like I wasn't frozen, like I I was staying very still.
0: That, you were doing good. your um your Christopher Lloyd impression from Suburban Commando, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yes.
0: I was frozen today. <laughs>
1: That is a very, very,
0: very specific reference. You like uh, you like the Suburban Commando? You know what, it's been so long since I've seen it. Sure, um, of course it has. You don't need to see that more than once. <laughs> it exists as a YouTube clip now of just, yeah. I was frozen Are today. you sure? Are
1: you sure <laughs> I don't need to see that? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Well, with all the Space Jam talk, I've, I've been thinking about
0: revisiting the original one. Yeah, uh, that's an, you know, like one... they, they got Mad Max in this new Space Jam. Really? Yeah, and, and uh, Wonder Woman and uh, some other crazy Warner Brothers properties apparently are allegedly, weird. I don't know if they're hitting the court or they <laughs> just have a cameo, but yeah, this, this is going to be a weird one for sure. But, you know, that's in the spirit of the original Space Jam, which was just insane.
1: I kind of want to see it now through this lens, like seeing it, I mean, obviously now the sequel's coming out too, but also just because it's been so long since I've seen it, just to Space see Jam- like... Yeah, Space Jam, yeah. Okay, I didn't know, know if see- we
0: moved on from uh, Suburban Commando, you know, different lengths. Oh, yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I,
1: mean, I mean, maybe they're doing a sequel to Suburban Commando. Maybe somebody needs to.
0: Yeah, I'm sure everyone wants to get a, a piece of Hulk Hogan right now. Yeah.
1: Either that or a sequel to No Holds Barred, you know, one, one or the other. You know what's
0: fun about Hulk Hogan is he had to go on the legal record and saying that uh, Hulk Hogan, the character, has a big penis, but he himself does not. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Boleo or whatever the fuck his name is amazing that's all i'll say because i know he, he's now famously uh litigious so you know
1: yeah you gotta i
0: believe i'm speaking from fact if not uh whoops uh some, that, that's my some, brain that's not somebody speaking. write in and,
1: and and fact check
0: i'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the case you don't forget something like that
1: i was gonna say that's pretty it's pretty memorable i'd say yeah speaking of sequels i i did watch coming to america Coming, the number two America yeah i think we all heard night.
0: that the two was inferred in there what do you okay. think of that because all i'm hearing from uh this world is that it, it sucks i got one good hey maybe check it out but uh yeah i don't know dad you you'd you be the tiebreaker here
1: well first have you have you seen the original? I, I I can't remember if we discussed that before.
0: We did on an episode actually. We, um, I
1: thought we did, but I it wasn't came sure if it, was, it was on recording. We were
0: even going to talk about, you know, seeing it and, and talking about it and here we are at long last and uh, only one of the lads saw it and that made Continue to be the case. <laughs> uh, yeah, do, no, you're not a big,
1: I know you're not a big John Landis fan, so that's why I was. Well, uh, he doesn't
0: come back for this one. Oh, but yeah, he
1: doesn't. He does. I mean, the know, first the, one.
0: This yeah. is when this had come up when I was poo-pooing John Landis, rightfully so. Uh, yeah. I don't know anything about the legal status of his penis, but I know that he uh, is a penis, a, a human <laughs> penis uh, who has murdered children and, and men.
1: Yes. Um, that's basically what Children
0: of Men is about. <laughs>
1: Well, I would say about this particular movie that. But I
0: love love coming to America, the OG. Obviously, yes. I said T O for that one.
1: Yes, that one. I I agree. I do. I do have a fondness. You to as
0: that. as a child, just it was it was around and and it did everything right. A Big Eddie movie. Murphy fan at the time, and I'm rooting for him now, and that's kind of why I wanted this one to to work out. And, Me too.
1: Uh, I mean, I did I did like the Dolomite doc that the, yes, the and it's the, the same the director yeah yeah same director exactly so i and wesley a Snipes a bit... in this I,
0: i'm down for new i'm actually more down for wesley snipes now than i have ever been before <laughs> really yeah
1: i will say that i went in with pretty low expectations of it just because it, it is a sequel and it's been it so is what long. it is yeah <laughs> yeah and i feel like with that in mind yeah I, I wasn't that into it like i i feel like they really and i think about this a lot like i think about I mean, not not that they're perfect movies, but like growing up, I, I think of like you know the way I, I look at sequels is like Wayne's World and Wayne's World Two. Like I I appreciate Wayne's World Two because it's a continuation. Like they don't really rest on a lot of the the, the same tropes and a lot of the same jokes as the first. They do movie. a little bit
0: though. They tiny do bit. a little bit. Tiny bit. A tiny bit. Enough enough where it's there, but you know they they do deserve commending uh, uh, that they didn't. Um... And it's also tough to tell because, you know, Mike Myers famously had uh, a lot of trouble with the director, uh, sure. Penelope Penel- Penel- Spirits. yeah. Spiris. hey, I got it right. And I think he was kind of trying to rebel against a lot of what she had brought to the table in the second one, for better or for worse, you know? I, right. I think... Uh, I think it's a total uh, rehash. Right? And I, I know... Think that,
1: I think that's the difference. Because you, you didn't yeah. feel that way about, say, a movie like Wangle 2... Versus I'd feel like coming to America. Where... Yeah, this is
0: why I want you to watch these Bill and Ted's though, Dan. Because man, Bill <laughs> and Ted 2 is like, in many ways, the greatest one of them all. And it just, it doesn't rest upon those laurels of the of the first one. They could be time traveling in that second one. But they're like, you know what? Let's kill these motherfuckers and send them to hell. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so yeah, it, it's a tough call with, with sequels. Um, most of the time they're bad. Another one, I, uh, here's a sequel I like that had been about as equal time, if not longer, uh, was the Blade Runner sequel. Yes. 2049. And that was one that I came in with low expectations about. I love Blade Runner. And I was like, how are they going to pull this one off? Even though I liked everyone involved, I trusted everyone, but it's just, that's, it's a tough thing to pull off. And I really think they did it well, but a concept like that is kind of easier to, to do as a sequel than it is to do Coming to America. Definitely. It's just is such a complete film. And, you know, in many ways, so is Blade Runner. You don't really need a sequel. But what I liked about that sequel is it was more of an epilogue. And it didn't seem yeah. like uh, Coming to America was like, let's close this chapter. And who knows? Maybe they're probably trying to do Coming 3 America, for all we know. Yeah, it could be. Did they leave some seeds open for a, a threequel on that one? I mean, I I guess. Do you have anything I... nice to say about it? There's there's a good uh, review question. Hmm.
1: Uh...
0: Mm.
1: I, I... Wow, okay. Yeah, it's it's tough because it's like, like you mentioned, it's, I think everything that worked about the first one, they basically just tried to do the same type of inversions where it's like, they kind of mess with the stories a little bit, but essentially it's like the same movie. So it's like, yeah. it, it, to an extent, I mean, obviously there's a lot of differences, but I, I just, I would have appreciated if they just tried to make it its own different plot line, not resting too far on the original, just saying like, Oh, we're just going to keep kind of rehashing. Cause they, they actually use multiple same jokes that that were used I in heard the about first that. one, yeah. And they and they used many clips from the first one in the the film. So they actually like <laughs> did full on like, hey, we're telling you the story, and we're just using the movie from for, clips from the first one. So yeah. like, I, it I, sounds I'm like it was
0: less of an opportunity of like, hey, wow, guys, I really came up with a great idea for a sequel. Like, can you believe it? And more of just like someone came to them and said, hey, would you do a sequel? And then they were sort of forced to to build around that and. With old foundation, it sounds like you know. Yeah, no confidence in themselves and what they could bring. You know, that's the kind of the laziest writing. You know, and who knows? It could have been production notes that pushed it in this direction, but definitely just the worst kind of storytelling. Where it's just here's everything you love the first time around. It's like I got that movie. I'm not even a big Star Wars guy, but you know what they did with Empire? I think is like the standard of just how to subvert expectations and do your own thing. You know?
1: Right. Yeah. I I definitely like I said I went in with not like a high expectation. Did I like?
0: Was it okay to? And watch? I feel like you're yeah. the right right person to ask because you know we have a threshold for schlock. We yeah. can have fun, you know. I mean, we're doing fucking Roadhouse today, hey folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, there was, well,
1: and there was a lot of cameos and like a lot of like famous actors, which was interesting. And they yeah. had like a there was a lot of dance and singing numbers. Sure. Um, more than the first one, which is
0: which was. Are interesting. they in mostly in Africa this time around? Yes. So, so they see- were. Because, you know, basically all we got of Africa the first time around was that. And so I'm sure they just were like, this is that Africa, you know, like very lazily didn't expand upon anything or just use the work of the original.
1: I mean, basically, like I said, it was like an inversion of the first one in, yeah. in many ways. So like it inverted the everything. It's just like, I don't I know. You can see
0: how that idea would come up, but it just doesn't pay off. You, you should have right. quickly realized like there's nowhere we can go with this beyond just like a, hey, isn't it weird that we inverted it?
1: yeah i think i just wish because yeah i agree like i want i i'm hopeful because i i grew up loving eddie murphy as so many people did and I, I'm like on board like I, I want him to have this revival or resurgence or whatever you want to call it at this time like like I said I really enjoyed the Dolomite biopic I thought that was really good I thought he did a really good yeah. job with it I thought directing was really good on that I, I just I liked everything about that movie but I think I was just a little bit let down and I think you know I was kind of looking at some of the reviews before like I didn't go too far and I don't know we put a lot of stock into it but the reviews there seemed to be a consensus
0: in, on this one yeah
1: like from the get go and it was kind of like what I expected I, I wasn't necessarily let down that much because I kind of knew what i was getting into and yeah and it was it was entertaining like i i would say i'd give it that like your expectations i think with a sequel for a movie like this has to be pretty probably as low
0: as the the dirt i would say
1: yeah i don't know i just i I just i think you got to go in for you you understand that this is just really nostalgia it's really just that's what it feels like to me like i mean they had they brought back a lot of the original cast members sure um, and that was was, i mean that's
0: kind of one of the things i like about liked about it is that everyone seemed to be coming right. back like you know even the, the woman he ended up marrying in the, yeah. in the film james Earl jones a... is in it yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole God. gang yeah arsino hall like john everybody. amos that he came back
1: yeah he's in it
0: yep love john amos yeah shout he out to he. john amos i know he's listening yeah john amos is great I, john I amos, amos is actually man. yeah behind the scenes he's really been kind of hooking us up with some fun facts and <laughs> some trivia he's he's a big noir head so we love amos I,
1: I really like that he got a small role in Uncut Gems. Uh that, yeah. was, that was really cool. Like when I saw that, because I didn't really know it going into I, I went pretty cold into that movie and Did I it? didn't and I didn't know it and I was like, Oh, it's John Amos. I was really excited about it. So shout out to Uncut Gems.
0: Safety Brothers got a forty eight hours remake on the way. Is that really happening? Speaking of Eddie Murphy. Yeah, with uh Gerard Carmichael. Wow. That's yeah. cool. I can H24, I believe in on that one as well. That's,
1: that's awesome. Yeah. I think the Saptiwos are, are doing it right. I mean, they're, they're really hearkening back to like the 80s, 90s action drama.
0: Yeah, like, but it's like, also like so intense. much its own
1: thing. Right, uh, exactly. Like it's got the influence of that, but it is its own thing. Yeah. Which I, is I, interesting.
0: Yeah, they're the best ones out there right now doing it as far as people of our generation finally contributing something to the art form because <laughs> yeah. I think we've been blowing it for a while.
1: Yeah, it's been pretty rough treading for a little while. So. Yeah,
0: just nothing of value to give to the art community. I think we've been doing okay TV wise, but even that is just, a lot of it's like such a, a limited shelf life.
1: I mean, and it's evolved too. I mean, it's evolved with streaming. Obviously, it's just it's, it's just a different ball game. I think. It's, Can it's, we it's, finally
0: say we're in the silver age of television? I feel like we've been in this golden age for like decades now. It's already. I thought we evolved, were out like, of it
1: yeah i thought, we I thought a so golden, too yeah. but every time so, oh,
0: we're in a golden age of television it's like yeah i i'm aware of that it's now just television we call it
1: now we're in the like fool's gold age of, of, <laughs> of television i think that's
0: right you better get your teeth out and taste that gold
1: yeah i like as far as like network sitcoms go like i don't even i barely watch anything anymore it's just it's like not on my radar like and thinking back like growing up i mean like yeah, how important not important but like how invested, more invested I was in t- television, whether it was contemporary or if it was classic TV shows. I'm watching like, one
0: sitcom these days. What is it? It's a Superstore on NBC. It's actually about to end, but the, actually it actually makes me guffaw quite a bit.
1: It's good. It's I've good, re- yeah. I've seen clubs. I've seen like uh, like little uh, uh, commercials. It
0: started. It started fucking rough. I remember. I think I. I I'm pretty sure I checked into the pilot. I'm a big Kids in the Hall fan, and Mark mm-hmm. McKinney's on it, and he's like the brainchild of most of what's amazing about that. So. I trust Mark McKinney, so I was like, let's see what he's up to, and mm-hmm. boy, it was a real stinker for most of that first season, and uh, I kind of dipped away. Then I heard other, like, cast members on, like, podcasts and stuff, and I'm like, you seem to be funny. Let me let me check this out again, and it really found its footing, and, and right now, they're doing a good take on, like, the pandemic and COVID, and yeah, you know, I recommend it.
1: Yeah, yeah there's so many like, I'd say maybe, like, the last of the you think of like the office type of shows or Parks and Rec and, and yeah. the, 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 those type of ilk. And, and I've only come around to seeing some of those, you know, in the last few years. So I, I feel like so far behind in a lot of ways on, on that type of stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's really got to catch me humor wise. And I, I'm, I'm a pretty uh, random humor person. Specific
1: humor. Yeah. I, I call so, it specific. Yeah.
0: And especially with that kind of thing, like Parks and Rec, I mostly liked but every now and then it would be not my cup of tea. Like 30 Rock, I would say I enjoyed more. and never really mm-hmm. got into the office, but. I am mean, mainly not getting too mainstream more of like like IFC had a good run of shows or mm. adult adult swim or yeah yeah I think that's there's some some good innovations happening there but you know not yeah. even like where you'd expect like you know I don't mean like an aqua Teen. you know it's more of like a, a John Glazer delocated. located you know I think John Glazer is probably like the funniest person alive <laughs> he's, he's brilliant
1: I remember Neon. that show being out, but I, I I never saw it.
0: That one was good. Neon Joe Werewolf Hunter that he also did was, was quite that funny. I don't know. Um, and then also his show on True TV, John Glazer Loves Gear. Is it just yeah. him
1: talking about gear?
0: It is, but it, it's fictional. But, um, I, I can't explain it, but that guy is just, he's clever. He's on another level for sure. Cool. I'll
1: have to check that out.
0: Yeah. Seems like a lot of people that came from that Conan O'Brien camp from from the 90s are still Family Tree, yeah. Trust for the most part, yeah.
1: Interesting, yeah. I think Conan's pretty funny though. I, I think, you know, he's, you know, overall I, I like, I enjoy it like, as far as like late night I'm, yeah, I'm not keeping
0: up with him too much, like as yeah. much as I used to, but you know, when I was a kid, especially like he was the one to grab me and it just kind of, we were coming up together. Letterman had already happened for everybody. You know, Yeah. I missed and, all that. So it, I, I just kind of really always appreciated him and yeah, dug, dug him for sure.
1: Yeah. He has some funny bits.
0: Yeah, he's a good time. Check out uh, Colonel Bryan, guys. It's it needs your help, but I <laughs> may have I like may it. have heard of him. Yeah, do a Google. I think you'd like it. Yeah. Anything to shout out, Dan? Before we get into it, we're at April first, right now. The the Day of Fools.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think this is it, it's it's sad. We were talking about it before, and I, I think I was a little bit way too excited to do this one. Like, yeah, and, and like because I felt bad about how I felt about previous ones that I was maybe excited about. Just because of of how much I love this movie.
0: Yeah, um, well, it's 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 different from what we usually do, so it's just going to be interesting <laughs> to to yes. to do our format with this movie. You know, uh, yes, you want to talk some jalopies, Dan? There's some good ones in. Oh it.
1: yeah, I, I mean this. I mean, there's so much to say about this movie. All right, I, hold I, on,
0: Dan. I gotta I gotta give a shout out because tomorrow, April second, okay. I uh, I gotta I have a thing to promote on Sludge People, the record label I I run. Uh, we have the co-ed EP, debut EP, available on streaming services and as a tape. Heck yeah! Pretty proud of that one. So just
1: awesome! To
0: suggest that to our to our listeners if you like some uh, some rock and music.
1: Get some tapes, you know.
0: Get some tapes. We'd love it. I'd appreciate it.
1: Check out the site. Maybe buy some other tapes. Get a whole mess of tapes. It's true. I say why I made, not?
0: I made the site, so I actually will say, hey, go go check out the site. It's good. Yeah. Good little website. That's all I gotta say. I'm not trying to digress too much. I did just edit our uh, pickup on South Street episode, where it's like a half hour before we get into it. So, <laughs> and we know we, you know, especially with Roadhouse, we might even have a whole new listenership. Who knows?
1: I was gonna say this. This could be like the the watershed moment for us. I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, Dan, You just, you just said watershed. <laughs> I had to call it out. I mean, it's great. It's delightful. Thank you. I try. It's success. Yes.
1: I, I try to. I try to bring my. Uh, my area dialect into the uh absolutely we appreciate
0: the regional flavor yeah that you've given us welcome to to roadhouse (laughs) yes
1: and i i will say that i was i've seen this movie a million times and i last night watching it again i was really trying to contextualize it within film noir because i really want to did you? Good for you. I did, because, I mean, like I said, cause I, I've seen it so many times that, like, I could really feel like, and, and I don't know if, if you could feel the same way, but I could feel like I, I could take such a step back from it just because I'm so familiar with the movie that, like, you know, knowing that we were going to talk about it, I was thinking, well, is, are, is there anything maybe film noirish about this film, whether intentional or unintentional?
0: Is and this the most there comfortable is. you felt since Detour, you think?
1: Hmm. Because
0: this was, like, this and Out of the Past, for me, are just, like, the all right let's let's just relax and enjoy the show guys
1: exactly yeah i felt that i mean i had passed to a degree too i mean i've seen that you know Uh, detour
0: for myself Um, yeah and and gun crazy also was a a nice easy ride
1: but yeah this one but i feel like this one probably makes the most rounds on tv so as far as like movie channels and so forth so like even when i mean that's kind of
0: where between that and video rentals where it found its success because this was not a hit when it came out at all this was um Swayze's follow-up to Dirty Dancing and he was hoping to to ride that wave and uh he wouldn't get to catch a wave until Point Break
1: well there <laughs> I mean you. that that's a great one I do, <laughs> I do I do love Point Break um we'll we'll do that some other time um
0: in, in LA that's kind of more film noir too yeah um, I would say some so bank but robberies I,
1: but I think there is some elements and I, I think we'll, oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll get to it and and, and I think it's kind of interesting to look at that lens because obviously, I mean, it's it's really an action movie. I mean, that's obviously at its core what it is, but there are lots of elements and and I'm going to try to point them out as we, we go along, I guess, of things that I maybe noticed this time around thinking it through that lens. I think that's really what I was trying to get towards on this view because like I said, I've seen it so many times. It's still enjoyable. Every I mean, we got a I drifter,
0: guy just drifting and showing into town. I mean, sure, he's kind of called upon, but you know, he sure. still drifts his way into town. Shows up in also like... With- when he gets called from New York and he's like, all right, I'll, I'll come work for you. I'll head to Missouri. He's like there in two seconds. There's no traveling to it or anything like that. It's just all of a sudden, he's just there. Like blink, most movies you'd be like, all right, let's get a little road trip going. Maybe yeah. you, you follow a line down a map or something like that. But it's like, eh, it's the next town over. It's nothing.
1: No, I think the director, Rowdy Harrington, knew that-
0: No, no, no that you really got to- a- this movie sit for sit for a minute when you deliver uh, sir Rowdy's name the director yes. I was gonna say
1: I, I I was waiting I really wanted to get his name mentioned because I am also a fan of the hugely underrated film striking distance yes yeah, so
0: you've alluded to this before and I actually when I was doing my research I never realized that, that they shared a director
1: yes oh they did and that movie is amazing as well so if you have not seen that movie watch it's that great movie.
0: but man it's kind of a letdown like it just it in the sense that we're like, man, you made Roadhouse. This should be Roadhouse on a boat, and it's just not. Yeah. But it's its own thing. It's its, it's own exactly, thing. Exactly. You got Dennis Farina. You're going to be fine. You, you got, got Tom Atkins. Yup. You, you got know, everybody's favorite uh, femme fatale, Sarah K. Jessica Parker. Exactly.
1: You got Bruce Willis. You got And you got Timothy Hutton. You know, it,
0: it's... it's. I do love a Timothy no, Hutton.
1: No, 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 not Timothy Hutton. Timothy Busfield. Sorry. I, yeah. I had my Timothys mixed up. Timothy Busfield.
0: I love Hutton, so fuck Busfield. <laughs>
1: You mean you mean you don't like what was he in? Uh, he he was in Little Big League. I was trying to think. I, I get, sometimes I get that mixed up with Rookie of the Year, but no, it was Little Big League he was in. Oh, okay,
0: because um, Rookie of the Year has like so many people in it. That movie is actually like shocking that cast. I saw it on oh, TV yeah. recently, and it was like, oh my god!
1: I mean, uncredited John Candy alone. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But we digress.
0: I wonder why he didn't want credit on that one. I
1: think he didn't want to steal the thunder of the movie. I think that I think that movie kind of has a lot of the on, kids, but, right? Yeah, it's got a lot was of. Was he I mean, credited in
0: Home Alone? Like, I wonder if that's his thing, where he just kind of shows up in these kids movies and it's just like. No,
1: he know. wasn't. He did that as a favor to John Hughes. I think. I think he I worked bet, like. I wonder if
0: this one was a favor to them, you know? Yeah,
1: I think it, that one I read was like a very per diem thing. Like he, I think he only asked for like the minimum wage. For, yeah for the actors' Guild or whatever did he like
0: improvise a lot of that too
1: he did that the, the sequence was mo- was mostly improvised which is amazing because it's it's hilarious and one of my favorite movies, parts John of that candy movie.
0: underrated writer uh, I remember watching some behind the scenes scTV features and uh just they were talking about how you'd just like be at the bar and you'd just come in with like a full sketch written on a fucking napkin <laughs> wow. from the night before and it was like the most brilliant thing ever always. i like, I absolutely love
1: John candy I absolutely like yeah. grew up grew up one of my favorite actors when I was a kid I just I loved him. Um, yep. so I, I
0: would enroll into camp candy any day oh
1: man what a great cartoon that was i used to Absolutely. watch it on U- usa network it used to be on in the mornings so i used to watch yep. it shout out to usa you.
0: network had a crazy saturday morning that was pretty underrated they have the mortal Kombat cartoon yes um they had that awful savage dragon cartoon which is ironic because it's like one of my favorite comics especially these days i do remember it- that they had some crazy, crazy stuff for sure.
1: And that was the first time I ever saw White Hot American Summer because that was oh, USA. Oh, on USA. Yeah, cause oh. that was, because that's the film company that made it was USA. And they did Duckman too,
0: right? I think yes, so. Yes, I think but so. I, but I mean, not saturday mornings but yeah i do yeah. believe i do believe they were
1: the Duckmans. man that would have been an interesting saturday morning for kids to go from camp candy to to duck <laughs> i feel
0: like cartoons these days basically are for kids are duck so you know yeah that's true that's a i good was point. watching it <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah I,
1: that, when i think about stuff i was watching when i was a kid yeah yeah, yeah it's totally. it, it's not not bad um no. but yeah roadhouse
0: so do you remember when you first saw this uh, movie
1: i was trying to think about that
0: masterpiece
1: yeah i was trying to I, I was thinking about that last night actually because I, I really wanted to, to try to remember I feel like I, I probably caught part of it on TV at some point and got interested in it. And then I, I think I bought it just so I could watch the whole thing. And then I was just like, wow, this movie's incredible. Like, you kind of like,
0: understand how this thing failed. It's really hard to sell. We love Swayze. Swayze, I really wanted that. We love Swayze. But you wonder how much that is because of this movie, you know? It's this end
1: point break. I was thinking about that yeah. too, about what I love about, about Swayze. It's, it's those two Probably did point
0: break first, honestly
1: that was i saw that earlier i saw that before i saw roadhouse for sure
0: yeah i think i think the same for me and i, I think that's kind of what helped get me into because he was always playing as a as a sex symbol i mean dirty dancing was such a cultural phenomenon between that like ghost as well which um fun fact he had to take on because while filming this movie he fucked up his knee because he was going to be a tango and cash as yeah. cash as kurt russell's role mm-hmm. um would have been great to see Stallone and, and Swayze. We ever, I don't think we ever got that, did we?
1: I don't think we did, but that would, would have been, been great. powerhouse. But I mean, I don't mean,
0: get me wrong. I got to get my Russell and, and Stallone too. We only got that once as well. And he was say, also up for Predator 2, which I think that would have been great.
1: I was going to say, as a consolation, I think Kurt, Ru- quote unquote, consolation, that's not too bad. I, I, no. I'll, I'll, ta- I'll take Kurt Russell and Stallone.
0: I think we should, we, that should have remained the same, but it would have been great if we had uh, him in Predator 2. And then we oh yeah. Just, I mean, Prior to Two is amazing. We didn't need Ghost. I'm sorry. You know, it is what it is. But, uh, and you know, I don't, I'm not trying to take away the Oscar from Whoopi, but beyond that, we, we didn't need
1: Well, I think they, they didn't they market. Roadhouse originally, to the way that they marketed, it, they tried to almost portray it like either like a comedy or like something that other than what it was. I think I, I heard they were that.
0: trying to market it more towards the female audience, right? Um, and they were trying to make it more more lighter than it was.
1: Yeah, which when you watch it, I, I can imagine the horrified. Uh, and the original
0: tagline to the movie was "The dancing's over, now it gets dirty." I mean, I will say this: you do, you do, you do get to see a
1: lot of uh, his butt in the movie. Yes, um, you do. a lot of shirtless Swayze.
0: You get to see, uh, basically, the cum gutters and pubic hair of Sam Elliott, too.
1: Oh, yeah, you do see that, yeah. yeah. I mean, so this
0: is for the ladies, for sure. And yes. that's, that's the, everybody's having a good time. I
1: yeah. mean, I love Sam Elliott, and I love him in this movie. I mean, I think that's, a, like, such a perfect... Exactly, he's doing the... Uh, <laughs> I wish the audience could see the, uh, the famous <laughs> hair pullback.
0: Maybe I could. Uh, we could do a, a gif of it or something.
1: I would love that. Yeah, that was perfect. Dan,
0: can we, can we both do it? Yeah.
1: I need, like, I need a, uh, a rubber band because like, he pulls okay. out a rubber band at the one point and brings, uh, I don't have any near me, but he pulls it out and he... Hey,
0: good, Dan.
1: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I 3D print that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that felt I cool. handed him
0: a rubber band. That's what he was 3D printing.
1: Yeah, so I had to print it out.
0: It's so hard to compensate for this audible video yeah, but when we're doing just it. You and me, a couple old pals, just looking at each other, talking to each other. Well, you know, we get it. Yeah. It's called inside jokes, everybody. So, exactly. You, know, you, you can either get in or stay the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I, everyone got like hurt on this movie. Everyone's doing their own stunts for the most part. Swayze did like 90% of his stunts other than the stuff where you're just like, yeah, you can't do that. But the stunts are awesome. They're I, all amazing. I love them. They were trained by Benny the Jet, your Quidditches. Forgive me for butchering that. And he was a holder of nine black belts in nine different disciplines. Yeah. Wow. And he actually believed in Swayze's ability so much that he said that he should become a competitive kickboxer. He said, "You got the goods."
1: I mean, he when you look at him in the movie, he kind of does. Like, I mean, like I know it's a movie, but like he, like he's pretty. Like I, I love the way they play the character. Like, I love absolutely. The way they
0: build it up, and well, and he's such like, a natural. I mean, he has that background in dancing. His, his mother is a choreographer and, and he, he grew up as a dancer. Kind of makes sense that you'd be great at fighting as well. They have a lot of similarities for sure.
1: Especially like a, in like a kickboxing type of arena. I mean, a lot of it is kick-based too in the movie. So I feel like you get a little bit more of that type of style fighting, maybe more than anything.
0: Yeah. A lot of the characters' names were actually taken from Wild West personalities, uh, which is something I learned in my research. That's a good time. Yes, I, d- I did know that. Yep. Wade Wade Garrett would be Wade. Pat Garrett. Doc. Doc is Doc Holliday. And uh, so Doc was played by Kelly Lynch, but I saw Annette Benning was originally cast as that role, which that I would have preferred.
1: So, that would have been so weird though. I know, I, but... I, I could see like n- zero chemistry between the two of them. Like I it's, just...
0: What chemistry did he have with Kelly Lynch? She's a she's This a is dor- true. She's a doorknob, man. She is so, so dull. Talk about someone who just really got lucky with uh, having any kind of career whatsoever. I, she's just... I'm sure she's a very, very nice person, but she uh, just doesn't... Doesn't speak to me with her acting abilities.
1: Yeah, I, I agree that I I you know that said I, I, I don't think that the chemistry between the two of them was good either. But I'm saying that I don't think Annette Bening would have been much better. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a huge you know?
0: Annette Bening fan, but I mean I've actually I really she's only won me over once, uh, and that would be in The Grifters. Have you seen The Grifters?
1: I haven't. I mean, I love the band, The Grifters, but I know sure. that's completely different.
0: But also great. Both great. John Cusack, Jellicoe Houston, and she's very good yes. in that. And that's actually the first time I was won over by her, and it's kind of had me more interested in looking at her through a different lens. But
1: I loved her in uh, 20th Century Women, uh, which came out of yes, music. Yes, yes! 20th uh, Century Women that. was so
0: good. You know what? That's and I, That was after seeing The Grifters, and I was ready for her. And, uh, Mike Mills, great. man. Mike was, Mills yeah, is great. Mike, Mike Mills is amazing. Um, Yeah, that movie was really spectacular. If you haven't seen it, just really 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 well done
1: i saw that in the theater and i was just like wow, for this, you. This is so good and like i mean i i knew it when it was coming out i was like i couldn't wait to see it And then it, like that one just like blew me away like i just thought how good it was and yeah, yeah i've seen it many times since and yeah it's just i mean obviously beginners i mean I, she's not in that but uh as far as mike mills go that's another another great movie so listeners shout out uh definitely check out anything mike mills does uh yeah. he's, he's pretty awesome and Mike Mills and R.E.M. too. Different Mike Mills. I don't think they're related, but e- equally awesome Mike Mills.
0: The one who's not married to Miranda July. Yes. Ah, you ready to get into this?
1: I, I couldn't I be think more ready. I could
0: sprinkle the rest of these fun facts as we go about.
1: I've been ready for this my whole life.
0: We've been, we've been training for it. We're a bunch of in the air tonights over here.
1: That's where we put the sound clip in.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's always playing in our hearts. That's, how, yeah. that's, that's my heartbeat. I, I've heard it a couple of times. Yeah, it's a little loud. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. It's a little too close to the mic. Uh, <laughs> so uh, his name is James Dalton, but you he, he only hear him as Dalton. It, it says that on a, a medical chart later on. That's the only reason we're able to confirm it. Correct. And the Dalton name is actually, I believe, Dalton, Georgia. The, the, yeah. screen, the screenwriter had, had went there and had a good time at a bar with everybody. And he decided to pay tribute to them with this beautiful gift.
1: And um, what a gift
0: it is. So Dalton is what's known as a cooler when things get a little too hot at these uh, these nightclubs fights break out he comes there to cool it down he's a bit of a bouncer you would say kind of like the bouncer he's
1: like the manager of the bouncers you know he kind of yeah. like he's got like the, the guy that oversees the, the bouncers yes and there's he a is- culture to it which is, I, I, it part I mean there's so many levels to this movie but I love that it, there's this network of coolers that exist yeah. in the world, and they all know each other. Like they, exactly. like they, they heard of everybody. They in the in the, the bar, the dive bar circuit. Like it's, it's yeah, and, and thing. basically
0: you just kind of yeah, you're working somewhere until you've successfully cooled it down. You know, you're checking the temperature each night, and you go, ooh, not yet, still ninety yep. degrees over. And by the time things cool down, then you're ready to move on. And actually, basically, New York City had had is you know ice cold at this point. I think he's just kind of sticking around because uh, you know it's a job. <laughs> it's a job, and Dalton's kind of he's. A little, he, as we learned later on, he was uh, with a woman. He didn't know she was married and he was forced to kill her husband. And that's haunted him ever since. That was in Memphis.
1: Yeah, that was in Memphis. Yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. So he's just been laying low in New York. Still doing his thing. He can't, Dalton good adult, Dalton. He can't help himself. But he's, he's just a little little moodier than previously known to
1: as the movie develops, you you, know, you do notice that there is this this whole methodology to what he does, whether it's just, I mean, we'll get into it, but buying the car, do, doing certain things. And you see it because when we're first introduced to the character, you're seeing him in, in the bar and you see all the guys around. They've all got the uniforms on of the place. They're all doing up, And you see the place is very respectable. And yep. I, I don't want to get too far ahead, but that's what eventually happens to the place that he goes, the double deuce. It's like you see like, you see the end of, of his work being done. You could get that sense, like you said, that it seemed like it kind of he kind of cooled everything down where he was at. And I feel like he probably was ready to, to make a change. I mean, he was obviously money thrown at him. I just uh, waiting
0: for the right the right like, job. You know, uh, having, you know. Kevin Tiggs throwing all his money at him. So how how can you resist? And you know, he's very much in a place in his life where he can dictate the rules and, and let him know I expect this, and I run the show. And if that's not the case, I'm out of here. Well, he's the and best. He's the best. Exactly. But, I mean, besides Wade Garrett, but. Yes. Frank says, come to Jasper, Missouri. I got myself a bar in the Double Deuce. I need you to, to take over. I'm, I'm really trying to turn this club and this, this town around, but I need you to help me turn this around first. There's some trouble in this town, which we'll we'll get into. So he says, yeah, let's do it. I don't fly, so you can stick that plane ticket back in your pocket, mister. I'm driving, and mm-hmm. when I drive, it takes Two seconds to get there, like I said. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's it's it, We call it studio magic in, in the industry. <laughs> yes, we, we do call it that, don't we? And the band playing in the beginning, here's a fun fact. The band playing in the beginning of the movie is uh, Cruzados. Mm-hmm. You only see them once before we get to... Jeff Healy's band. Healy, yeah. Come on and say Fahey. But yeah, that band, Cruzados, they, after they disbanded, the lead singer formed the band Tito and Tarantula, which is the band that played the Titty Twister in from Dust Till Dawn.
1: I did hear that. It's interesting. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I've never seen that movie, so I don't really know. Oh, really? One. Yeah. It's a,
0: good, it's a great time. One of the, you know, Robert Rodriguez, especially at that era, was, was, he was a good, good, enjoyable time for sure. Brief, but wonderful. <laughs> yes. So Dalton's now in Jasper and he's looking for a, a place to stay. He gets on the, the local farm, which is owned by Emmett.
1: One of my favorite characters in the entire
0: movie. Emmett's a great time. I uh, lo-
1: he is great. Just great, like, old time Fun, he's got, like just got those just, hooks, yeah. got
0: the the hay bell, and just joking around with them, and yeah, he, he's he's a, a very nice guy, and he's got a great place, despite the lack of air conditioning and, and TV and mm-hmm. something else was missing. Well,
1: you but you get the sense that like as as time goes on, I mean, you know, we find out more about Dalton and his past throughout the film. But one of the things is, mean, he majored in philosophy. He's got this more of this kind of Zen to him. That you kind of start to see a little bit, even though the, yeah. you know, there's this other—it's like this duality between the Zen and then the uh, the fighting that you know eventually occurs throughout the film. But hey, again, more—I
0: this... know we're trying to make the case for for noir here, but he's really more of like a samurai.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I mean, or a, a Ronin, if you will.
1: You could, yeah.
0: I I could definitely see that. He just kind of has like a, a, a code, and you know, it's you know, very much about like you don't want to fight unless you absolutely have to. I mean, that's right. part of his his three rules. Mm. And, yeah, and there's he, a methodology.
1: I mean, he, like, he buys the old, the old car. He gets a place. There's just all sorts of things that he and does. he's just
0: happy to live very, very bare bones. The, I'd say his biggest uh, indulgence is the radio. Yes. Gotta have uh, a radio. Yeah, exactly. How's he gonna fuck on those rocks? <laughs> 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 so yeah, he takes this beautiful place that's on this property. The only problem is the next door neighbor, which of course we will also get into. Uh, Across the lake. Across the lake, uh, which looking at this place, you think that was all one property that they rented out for it? Yeah. It's got to be, right?
1: It has to be. Just so a it's... nice
0: mansion with a, a nice lake and then like a, a little horse farm, you know, over there. I'm sure that owner owned the whole
1: well, shebang. Well, most of the sets actually were built for the movie. So that that, that, how, that property where em, Emmett's property, most of that, at least the barn was built well, for the Well, everything that they
0: blew the fuck up was definitely yes. built for the movie, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So he, he gets the place... Dalton says, I'll take it. And he then also goes to get another car. 1965 Buick Riviera. Which is a cool car. Yeah, it does the job. And hey, you can fit four whole spare tires in the trunk. Or,
1: yeah.
0: talking about movie magic, uh, exactly. yeah, you got to take it. Um, And it. he gets that car because he actually, you know, he has a nice car. It's uh, a Mercedes. Yeah. Mercedes, yep. But, he, you know, everyone hates him. He yes. hates the cooler. So they're going to be smashing that car every night. He's... He's, this isn't his first day. I would have loved to see that first car where he learned, oh boy, don't spend your money on this.
1: Yeah. You know that he's been doing it for a long time. So he, he knows he knows the, the deal. He knows the tricks of the trade. i be so curious
0: the... how long he's been in this business at this point.
1: Well, I mean, they do... They allude to it at the end of the movie when they're having a conversation. They talk about a story where the two of them got into a brawl in 1975 in Albuquerque. So okay. you know at least they've known each other at least that long. So if this is 89 and that's 74, I mean, that's still a pretty long amount of time that, they, that, that they've that they known each other together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, So he's been doing it at least since that.
0: Probably after college, maybe get to get through college, you know. Yeah. Did a little bouncing. And
1: you wonder when like he that. got his, you know, he had time to get his degree when he was out being a cooler you know what I mean like especially I in know. Albuquerque if he's going to NYU and getting his degree and also somehow in Albuquerque you know what I mean <laughs> some, some of the logic in there is a little bit flawed but I'll, I'll let it I'll let it slide
0: yeah you gotta let yeah he's, me he's been in Memphis
1: he's been all these other places
0: so he comes into the bar and he, he checks it out and we see for a good fuck call and he changed the the owner yeah. changed it to Buick which hey guess who has the new Buick yeah there you go yep and one th- one of the fun facts i saw because was actually something i was curious about when you see um doll just lean against that uh post the bar post and it says uh buddy's corner and you're like who's buddy well it turns out buddy is patrick swayze that was his nickname on the film so that that's yep. fun i like that
1: nice li- nice little touch there
0: Absolutely. Patrick Swayze also had two songs on the soundtrack. He already succeeded with Dirty Dancing being on that soundtrack.
1: Oh, yeah. Why not not repeat, you know?
0: Cliff's Edge and Raising Heaven in Hell Tonight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) An amazing title. I love the way, again, that they build up there is a little bit of mystique about him and you kind of notice it through the people that work at the double deuce as he comes in they, they, you, i mean you're... his
0: legend is strong on the dive bar scene everybody right. there already knows about him i don't know if the boss has been hyping him or what but no there's there's an excitement that he's there for sure
1: right and you and you kind of see the through his eyes you see like where the, where the bar is at and how like bad of a state is where people just Fighting like rampant, and like the bouncers yep. aren't really helping the situation.
0: No, and there's people skimming off the top. There's drug deals drug going deals, on. Yeah. The guy who played Pat the bartender was actually John Doe of the band X. X. Yeah, which is a good time. The one who calls uh, Dalton Chicken Dick. What's
1: the matter, you Chicken Dick? Yes, I I I, I always laugh at that every time. Yeah, he's been a, in a lot of stuff actually. He like, has been actor, in a lot yeah. of stuff.
0: Yeah, so shout out to X. Yeah. So he basically cleans house pretty immediately off of what he's seen so far.
1: Try to get rid of some of the, uh, the riffraff. Morgan, you're out of here.
0: What the fuck are you talking about?
1: You don't have the right temperament for the trade. You asshole. What am I supposed to do? There's always barber college.
0: <laughs> you're a dead man.
1: You're out, too. We're selling booze here, not drugs. Thank you. Anybody else here dealing? I'm telling you straight. It's my way or the highway. So anybody who wants to walk, do it now.
0: When, when do we meet Brad Wesley? Is that when he first flies the helicopter over the... And the horses are getting all excited and it's probably that
1: yes that's probably the first time because i was gonna i was gonna say that it was when he's driving along on that 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 country road and he's kind of i I think it's already happened by that but yeah yeah Yeah. i
0: think that might be the next time we meet him right um, i agree brad wesley played by ben gazzara the best role he'd ever done and he's been in so many like fantastic like legit good movies mm-hmm. um not that this isn't like a good movie but you know like things with gravitas yes a lot of Cassavetti stuff
1: but he he i mean he is ruthless in this movie and like yes, he is but I, again thinking about like in in the in the context of maybe a noir is he's basically like a gangster i mean he runs the town ostensibly Yes. And, this and, is
0: samurai versus gangster.
1: Absolutely. Right, And he, and and he, and he you know he's in with the police, like he's got he's you know line in their pockets, you know, he's knows all the, the local politicians and it creates this like this long web throughout the film. But overall, again, he you know he's this like villain. I mean he's just this large villain that drives a lot of town. what's going on. Uh, yes. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Which is what a dream, huh? We should we should get into that racket. I mean maybe there's a way to do it for good, you know, but
1: Well J C Penny's was coming there because of him, so Absolutely.
0: Christ, J C Penny is coming here because of me. You ask anybody, they'll tell you.
1: And he brought seven eleven in, you know, he yeah, brought no, the ball I mean, in.
0: With, with time, I mean he probably J C Penny would probably still be in business if he brought them in, that's for sure. That's true.
1: I mean, well eight eighty nine was like heyday. I mean you know, Absolutely. You know, that's no,
0: hey, and even just bring in a Sev. I'll, I'll take that anyway. yeah, man. Shout out to seven eleven. Yeah,
1: seven it's eleven near me closed. Actually, the closest one to me closed like a little, like probably like a year or two ago. Kind of a the, bummer.
0: The closest one to me, which wasn't really all that close, but it was on South Street, had just closed uh, oh, because yeah? of, the, I believe, because of the pandemic. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I've seen some real heavy hitters. Like they took down the McDonald's on on Broad Street. Uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, like big ones are closing. It, it's <sighs> it, it's wild stuff. Yeah. Tough. It is tough. But hang in there. We're doing our best. You Both know, if the we have. Orard House. <laughs> Exactly. We're trying to, to, to cheer everyone up with a little April foolery. Yes. Yeah, and Ben Gazzara is so much fun in this, though. I mean, there's not a scene he doesn't steal throughout it. He said, it is a fun quote I've had from him. Uh, he said, of all the movies he's ever made, this is the one he saw most often on television. Like, yeah, of course. Of course.
1: It's it's Runehouse.
0: I see a killing of a Chinese bookie arm uh, that no. often. Nope which uh you're on talk noir that's a very interesting one have you seen
1: that one i'm gonna say that i'm not a huge cassavetes fan
0: really fair yeah. enough
1: yeah and and, and it's interesting because i feel like i should be but i'm just not i mean the stuff i've seen i just like wasn't very into and maybe i started with the wrong ones i don't know but i mean sometimes it
0: takes a couple couple times to, yeah I, and did and you start with
1: i i started with probably and, and you're probably going to be like oh yeah this is not the one to start with but uh love streams uh is, is one that i that i yeah. What,
0: what are you doing, Dan?
1: <laughs> I, I i i actually couldn't get through all of it i, I of course was, not yeah I, I was not into it i feel like i saw another one and i can't remember what it is now but yeah i mean that's happened for me too like i mean i was a pretty and, and i'll i'll admit this is that
0: one called like a woman under the influence is that what it's called there is
1: one yeah i, I haven't yeah, seen that, one's that good. i will admit that i was pretty like i'd say lukewarm it is alfred hitchcock like as much as people you know revere him and, and over time. I've grown to love and appreciate his film. So yeah, sometimes it does take time. Yeah, but what was the
0: first Hitchcock? Did you watch like,
1: um, I think it was probably North by Northwest or
0: Vertigo. Okay. Okay. I was wondering if it'd be one of those later ones.
1: No, no. I, I, you know, I mean, Based I stopped what you
0: said about Cassavetes Right? No, I, I, yeah, I don't. I
1: don't always misstep uh, okay. with my with my starting points. Some sometimes I do, but no. I mean, those were the ones I knew, and I and I, I really enjoyed them. But I think I always kind of had this thing. I, I was maybe just more dismissive than anything. I was like, oh, Hitchcock, like you know, it, it's good. Yeah, like I, I was very just like. Maybe cavalier about it without actually really taking the time to really dive in, and and I and I've gotten more appreciation for it as I actually watch them and understanding why it's important. Because I mean, there were some movies I watched, like Rear Window, which everyone always talks about, which I wasn't super into when I watched it, but uh-huh. I've been planning on rewatching it because I, I I feel like I, I might appreciate it more now. Well, now you now don't have I've to love one. them all, you know. Yeah,
0: I, I don't think they're all slam dunks or have necessarily all aged that well. Yeah,
1: you know, I mean, you know, one that I actually really did not. Think that was that great as many people did is the birds. I I, I really yeah. I, I a tough one. I didn't really like it. I, I just was not nothing really grabbed me about it. But then there's other ones that like I mean like I finally sat down and watched all of Psycho and I absolutely loved it. I, I thought that was a great time. And that one yeah. held up very well. And and that one I think I loved because I read that he actually used his crew from the TV shows that he was working on at the time as his crew for the movie. And it gives that kind of like more low budget more seedy vibe it's a little bit more diy kind of vibe in that movie versus like his more like illustrious giant elaborate backdrops or, or location shooting i just like that kind of aspect it felt more closed in
0: absolutely i think i'm i like vertigo that's my my number
1: one i do love vertigo and vertigo north by northwest i think i think partly yeah. because i saw them early i think I would, those those are two i also love notorious notorious is probably up there for me too okay. um that was one that i really loved and i love ingrid bergman but but I think that movie's really good. So that's my little, uh, my, my little detour. <laughs> Your little Hitchcock. off-road house. So somehow, somehow we got from Roadhouse to Hitchcock, but
0: happens every time. It happens uh, every time.
1: <laughs> every time.
0: So we be, we be Brad Wesley. Yeah, great scenes. Um, definitely the one you're talking about where he uh, is singing his song and runs Dalton off the road is is amazing. If you would take me up to paradise up above If you would tell me that I'm the only one that you
1: love Life could be a dream, sweetheart
0: Every time I look at you Something is on my mind If you do what I want you to Baby, we'd be so
1: fine Shaboom, shaboom!
0: Like, he's just doing his thing. He's got a monster truck. He's flying a helicopter. He owns the town, man. Having a good time in his playhouse that is his town. And God bless him. Do what you got to do.
1: Well, we we come to find out that, I mean, he's basically... Stealing money from all of everybody in the town, like all the business yeah. owners. And, and I so mean, forth. he's
0: got someone even that works at the double deuce that's skimming a little bit off the top. And, and when Dalton tries to fire him, that's when we have a, a lot of trouble coming in.
1: The nephew um, to his only sister.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> I know um, I, I know everything about this. I am, I am so locked <laughs> in on this movie, Joey.
0: So he sends some of his men to the double deuce. Things start to get a little more violent. I think that first scene is the one where you have the guy with the the toe knife, right?
1: Yeah. So things start to escalate because not only like simultaneously, he's kind of showing interest in in the dock, which we come to well, find out. Well, he gets
0: set because he gets in one of these altercations that right. he suffers a knife wound, and that's when we meet the dock.
1: Right. Yes, because and that's because at the fight was, was a result of him firing Ben Gazzara's nephew, and they were trying to basically, like, muscle him back into a job, again, with these henchmen of the gangster in the owner of the Double Deuce's office, and try to muscle his way, and he gets cut with a knife. And then that's where, like, the budding romance starts between the dock and and Dalton but that as we come kind of to find out is a is another driver for why everything keeps boiling over and escalating in this feud is that Ben Gazzara is in was in love with the doc as it has yes. been so that creates a lot more of uh some personal attention that he gives to Dalton
0: yes <laughs> attention you do not want whatsoever yes but, you know, he does try to get Dalton to, to work for him. He has him come to his home for a little breakfast. And you get to see that Wesley beats women as well. It's, yeah. And, is, and she, and she and, has, like, her whole face is oh, like, yeah. it's so it's, brutal.
1: It, oh, yeah. And, and what's interesting is, yeah, I, I think about, like, she also, his, you know, he's his, basically his girlfriend. She is also trying, has been trying to come on to Dalton. Yes. Uh, throughout this time so she's been like at the bar she's like a regular at the at the double deuce and she you know, I mean, even to- when
0: like it's she they make eye contact and it's like pretty clear that he uh that wesley had hit her she still tries to kind of like play it off and and do her aerobics right. and Try to allure him.
1: So, is it wrong that I I love the song that, that they're playing and I can never figure out what song that is? I I have to fi- try to find out what Get the out, song man. is. Playing. I said,
0: turn that shit off, man. It's got no heart. It's got no soul. No soul, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which
1: is funny, but because I because I, I love cheesy eighty music like that, so like oh, I totally I, I love that song. It was
0: fascinating too. By like eighty nine, we're like almost out of it, but this manages to really feel like an eighties movie, despite being sure. on the halfway out the door at this point. Yeah. Dalton says, I don't want to work for you, man. But again, I'm this at- is
1: like a very, this is a very like no war kind of thing. It's like this gangster. He's like trying to say, hey, come on my side with me and we'll get you in, get you in good. And he's like, nah,
0: I'm not, I'm never working for you. And he says, but I know all about that you killed someone in Memphis. Yeah. And that you claimed self-defense at the trial. And that's, you later find out is that, uh, that woman's husband that he was involved with.
1: Yes. I don't know if you want to give away the method yet uh, in which he killed him. Uh, as we come to find out and becomes important later. Yeah,
0: we will get to that when okay. we're ready. One when of my ready. favorite
1: sequences of the movie.
0: When we're ready to clear our throats for that moment, we'll, yes. we'll go for it. Him, mm. <clears throat> indeed. Uh, <laughs> so Wesley, at this point, he's like, all right, man, then you want a war, you're going to get a war. And he goes after people in the town. He's ramping up bar uh, fights. He's taking on, the, uh, trying to get stop their liquor flow as well. Yes, and around this time, when the liquor flow is uh, being interfered with, that's when we get Dalton's mentor, Wade Garrett. Wade Garrett, uh, played expertly by Sam Elliott.
1: Yeah, he's basically—I mean, he's like the true legend, but he's also like a, a father figure to Dalton because he—I mean, he refers to him as Mijo, which means son or my son in yes. Spanish, affectionate way. And, and you get that sense that there is that kind of relationship to an extent with them, where they're they're friends, but there's also a little bit of like a paternal kind of. He try to, tries to look out for him. Yeah.
0: Throwing down the gauntlet, Dan. Who do you think is the more powerful, stronger, better fighter? Patrick Swayze or Sam Elliott? Because in that scene when he comes to his rescue, Swayze's taking on all those guys. They got him held down. He's getting beat up. And it's Sam Elliott comes in and he fights every single one of them.
1: I think it's tough because it's, it's, it's we're talking about Sam Elliott at this point. You, you get the sense that he's kind of maybe at the end or nearing the end of his cooler career. I don't um, know about that. I mean, I
0: think he's in maybe a little knees, past his the prime. His knees are shot.
1: His knees are shot, man.
0: People are kicking him in the knees. Of course they're shot. <laughs> but they were shot before. This. They were shot before, but it's, he's still getting it done. And also, you know what? He doesn't have to kill anybody.
1: I will say this, that, you, you know, later on, you do find that he does have pretty good stamina. I mean, when they, when, they out, stamina. when they go out late, he's out, he's out all, all night and he's, and he's still dancing with the doc, and, you know, exactly. in, in the morning, you know. I
0: think he's the one. And I bet you could have done a prequel with him that was like an even crazier Roadhouse where you're like, yeah, this is nothing for me. I'll be happy to come to Jasper, Missouri. Not, I mean,
1: I would watch that. I mean, I'm not going to say yeah. I wouldn't watch that.
0: I'm just um, saying I think there's I mean they the they cut out a lot of uh this movie was trimmed down significantly, so you know
1: Yeah, it was like a three hour movie or something like that, I think.
0: Absolutely. I you want have, that cut.
1: If I want I, that look, cut too. I have I have the Collectors Edition Shout Select now out Blu-ray, of print. Which is is it out of print? Wow. Yeah. Um oh I, I mean I pre ordered this the second I I oh, mean totally. I had it on Blu ray, but I pre ordered the second I heard about it. But
0: Shout Select, uh shout out to Shout <laughs> They uh they do a nice job with the
1: They do it's two discs. It doesn't have that version on it. I, I you know, if I, you're I, listening, it's not out there.
0: It's, we if you're
1: listening, I want that cut. I want we, that cut.
0: In that you have a lot more of um, Carrie Ann scenes. Who you may recognize from the Gilmore girls. I always think of her from. Yes. And, uh, Chelsea did, I was learning Did the voice of Pepper Ann, that cartoon. Yes. That? I
1: love that show. Yeah, I was sure a big fan. I would watch. I, Recess I, I never put Re- that
0: together, but it's so clearly her.
1: Recess and Pepper Ann after school.
0: Yeah. Those are always on for sure, man. So yeah, there's definitely, there could be so much more backstory in that. Um, I'd even like to just see the script. I wonder if that's out there. Give us a little more context.
1: Yeah.
0: And also it. at this point, and this was something that was severely cut, and th- this was a note I had. This is my biggest criticism of this movie. Uh-oh. But it's also, I mean, first of all, any good movie has this actor, but man, they failed him. How the fuck are you not going to have Keith David kicking some ass with everybody?
1: Yes, that is. That come is on, huge... man,
0: Keith David. Yo, know, his name. I found this out recently when I was going down to Keith David rabbit hole. His Instagram name is Silver Throat. <laughs> love I... Keith David. Shout out to Keith David.
1: Yes, uh, I will say that I'm just disappointed in myself that I'm not following on Instagram because I do love Keith David. I think he's Keith awesome.
0: David, Silver Throat himself, um, he amazing voice work.
1: Men at Work. I know we talk about how much we love. Well, that I was, was going to come to amazing Men at Work in that movie.
0: They live the thing. I was watching Reality
1: Bites this morning, randomly, and he's in that, in a brief yeah. camera role. Like, he's I mean, still
0: popping up and
1: stuff, and he's yeah.
0: always great. I, I've always loved Keith David. Did the voice on Gargoyles, remember that?
1: Yes. Uh, he, de- he definitely deserved a more involved role. I mean, he has a couple little bit, bit little bits l- of dialogues, and I, but...
0: And I saw, like, one of the things that was cut was, like, he comes in for an interview, and apparently he helps with the fight, and they're like, yes. you need to get behind the bar, but it's just like, how are you going to show me Keith David and have him barely speak? And not fight. And this is 89. We know who Keith David is at this point. Like, there's no reason not to. But hey, I hope he enjoyed his payday. But yeah, only criticism of Roadhouse is you did. You did Keith David dirty. Yes,
1: this is a criticism that I can get behind. As, As someone that will defend this movie for hours on end, I will I will defend this movie. But uh, yes, that is a criticism that I would agree with. That yes, I, I, I'm not super critical of this movie, but that is one thing that I agree with. I, and I was thinking and about having that to too. watch
0: this through a podcaster's lens for the first time. All of a sudden, I'm just like, you know, here's something I haven't really ever fully taken in. Is there's Keith David? You love Keith David. Where's Keith David? Yes. Why more are we not Keith seeing David. more
1: of him? More That's... Keith David. I
0: mean, I'm ready to just start a Keith David podcast. I mean, I certainly say we do David December or something if we need to. But yes. We I, I love Keith David. Would love to have him on the show. Get that silver throat on here.
1: <laughs>
0: that's it's so, so such a genius Instagram. Any celebrity would just be like, oh, look, it's me, my name. You know, like Keith David, yeah. maybe like 19, whatever. But no, this guy gets it. He always has. Uh, yeah, my note says any good movie has Keith David. And that is absolutely true. I'm going to burn through a couple more notes. I want to see a band, a live band when they're playing. I want to see them lip sync to like a live track. Why not record a, uh, something live with like an audience and then have that playing? You know, it always just feels like it was in the studio. It's got no oomph too to much too know? much money. You know, what? it's like why don't you play something with balls, huh? Like uh, like Gazara said.
1: But you know what? Something like I just never really thought about uh, until like the last few viewings of this movie is that there is the side thing where Jeff Hewley, he is blind, but he sees everything. So like, oh, yeah. so you know what I mean? So like, that's what's really. The interesting thing about it is because he like knows everybody in the bar circuit. I mean, he they have a when they first meet up. He knows Dalton obviously. Uh, they worked together at least in Dayton, Ohio, at one point. I wonder yep. if God by Voices was playing there at the time. I thought about that. I know you're not a fan, but um, when did they uh,
0: get
1: together? God by Voices? Yeah. Um, they got together originally in the mid '80s. They, they were like a bar band at first and they made a few records in the late 80s and then were like, all right, we're done. And then they decided- to At come first,
0: back. they're still a bar band. What are you talking about?
1: I mean, yes, they still are. But I'm saying like exclusively just like in the Dayton area, like they were just very like a local band. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so Jeff Healy, they, they, him and his band, they, they all know Dalton. And throughout the film, you know, he's the guy that kind of like knows everything. Is kind of like this guy that's telling Dalton like throughout the film, not necessarily like a narrator, but a guy that is telling him what's going on Catches kind of him seeing, up, fills him in.
0: Like, yeah, right, here's, here's beyond,
1: the deal. Yeah, seeing beyond what maybe Dalton can see what's in front of him.
0: Well, you know, and like like you said, they have a history. So he's like, yo, Dalton, I know what you're looking for. I know what you like. Yeah. Here's the stats of this place. Right. Don't worry. Yeah, I, I, I see everything.
1: Watch out. I heard you've been hanging out with, with the doc. You got to watch out.
0: But also, he t- you know, he buckles under pressure because uh, when Ben Gazzara does say, hey, Elvis, play something with balls, he totally plays something, you know, so. Because he's there to rock, man. He's not there to rock. He should have been like, no, man. Dalton says no. All he did was create that whole thing, get old girl dancing on the table, start in trouble.
1: Maybe he knew. Like, maybe he knew that, that it was going to come no matter what. So, like, he had to... <laughs> he, he had to, well also like because he knew that it was a tense situation so he thought maybe music would help you know what i mean like maybe
0: he just didn't recognize who was speaking you know and he's no. like oh who said that is that the owner i think he did i think <laughs> yeah, he. I, I think i Aaron does have such a specific voice and, and cadence yeah. to him for sure that that fight no scene one is of, having as good a time as he is in this movie for sure I,
1: I don't know if we're necessarily there yet but that fight scene is kind of amazing where, where he stages yeah we're definitely not there yet but where he kind of stages a fight essentially but yeah we'll we'll get there There's a lot to this movie.
0: All right, my one one more note. Who do you think's been hyping uh, Dalton up as bigger?
1: Good question. I think it's just his legend. I think it's just the the amount of stuff that he's done in his career. They people just obviously make that assumption that he's like this like real like huge tall tale, which he's not. Yeah, which he's not. I mean. The but, you know, the if dudes. anyone's
0: telling the story, I'd be like, "Oh my God, you think this guy would be huge, but he's just a little guy." Yeah. I mean, especially you see him come up against all shapes and sizes, and he just looks like an ant so many times. It's 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 really great.
1: Well, he does say the, the great line in one of the one of the fight scenes. I think when he when he's oh uh, when he first drags people out when when the doc comes to visit him and he says like, "You smash a, you know, it doesn't matter how big a guy is if he smashes knee, he'll." Uh, He'll fall right down. He said, "I forget the exact line, but he'll drop to his knees or something like that." Give me the biggest guy in the world. You smash his knee. He'll drop like a stone. And that—that's—it's so true. I think that's really indicative of who he is. Like, it's part of that Zen nature of him, uh, of just like he understands it. Really, isn't the brawn of it? It's just being smart. And you get like he has little lines throughout the film, kind of almost justifying what he does in conversation with the doc, with other people about no one wins a fight and. You know, he's like, gotta be kind of smarter than the other people. He kind, of, he kind of recognizes that you don't necessarily need to be the biggest guy in the room. It's just you gotta know how to know what to do.
0: Yeah, and Wesley also recognized that you don't need to be the biggest guy in the room. You just need to be surrounded by the biggest guy in the yes. room. Yes. And he also has a, an eye for talent, too. And, you know, he kind of did the audition process where he realized that one of his men was a bleeder, you know, and that was a problem. That scene.
1: Oh, man. That scene. It's the best scene. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> I swear to God, boss, I'm sorry. You disgust me, O'Connor. You want to know why you disgust me? No, why, boss? Because you're a bleeder, you bleed too much. You are a messy bleeder. You want to talk things? You know, like I could just like, it's like you know, what your problem is you bleed. Yeah, <laughs> I,
1: I love that 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 guy. Like he he plays that like stereotypical like like
0: oh boss, I didn't know boss. Oh, like, no, I told you. Oh, What's like, the problem? Like like, like like boss, I'm sorry. Like
1: it's like that <laughs> typical like henchman like not an accent from Jasper, missouri or anything like that it's definitely like this kind of bumbling maybe more east coast i'd say more than new york kind <laughs> That's of
0: state. you know he doesn't he's not ready for the midwest yet
1: yeah he's a bleeder
0: and dalton by the way he doesn't strike anyone until 26 minutes into the film so, yeah you know until then you're just kind of enjoying everyone else throw the punches so at the auto parts store red webster who is uh doc's father right uncle Uncle, yeah. They kind of play like a father, but yeah, he, he kind of took well, her parents
1: her. died her. Both her, her, her parents died and he took care of her growing up and so she, she stayed in town to kind of take care of him.
0: Yeah. But the auto parts store, it blows up, which, you know, when you see that exterior, it just looks so temporary. They definitely like yeah. ramshackled that together quick. The interior and the exterior do not match. Well,
1: we find out now it's it's kind of twofold. It's, I think it's a little bit because of, of Dalton's relationship with the doc, but it's also uh Red is refusing to to pay basically the extortion money for the quote unquote protection money for like the, whatever the commerce thing that he's trying to do, where he basically Benghazar is just stealing money from the, the businessmen of the, of the town or the business people from the town. But uh, yeah, that's like when you you start knowing stuff's getting about to get real when stuff starts blowing up and.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The explosions don't stop really after this, um, you know, you, yeah, it's great too. Cause you see like the firemen at the, at the hardware store or whatever. And uh, they couldn't put that thing out. They're like, they get blown back while still holding the hose.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just getting there and Dalton's run towards it and then just as that, that blaze just like roars out.
0: And then Dalton, he's still trying to be a cooler basically yeah. and not make things worse. Um, so he allows everyone to come back into the club. But at this point is when uh, Wesley has Jimmy come and fight the battles. And this dude is so tall. He's an ex-con. He's a martial artist. And yeah, he he whoops, whoops Dalton pretty good that time. Yeah. And Jimmy was played by Marshall R. Teague, and he didn't get along with Swayze initially, but they had filmed so many hugely choreographed fights that they had gained a trust from one another. Yeah. And they were they were actually, because of that trust, able to throw like real punches. Uh, yeah, They were throwing uh, real logs at each other. Yeah. And uh, Swayze by some, the end had, mistakes, had a, yeah. a busted knee and two broken ribs and many... Of bruises after the five-day long shoot of fighting teague swayze needed 2.5 ounces of fluid drain from his left knee wow and he already was having knee issues from dirty dancing and that rigorous schedule so i mean he was yeah. really putting himself through he could never say he was phoning it in well
1: i think that's why i mean and this is this is like on a larger scale i think this is why i appreciate movies from from this era and even earlier it's like everything was so realistic i mean as as ridiculous as this movie is as far as like stunts go in the action i mean it's it's fantastical but at the end of the day it's like you're seeing these real stunts you're not seeing just like cgi you're seeing when when cars are going around the tapping they all look at least you know somewhat more realistic no, I mean, that's kind
0: of the thing of this era i mean there's so many like cheesy bad like not even b movies like c movies yeah. um that have gained that cult status because of how good like hey the acting's gonna suck but the end of the story may be whatever but yeah. they're bringing it with these stunts and they're bringing it with the explosion budget you know right. so that's something you definitely don't see anymore as we've had such a heavy reliance on cgi right
1: yeah but you gotta definitely tip their hats because they they brought it. it it only ramps up just like the action ramps up the the car stuff the explosion stuff definitely ramps up
0: absolutely so um at this point wesley said you know the town is big enough for the both of us you're gonna need to leave and i'm gonna keep Keep up my assault on this town. The next day, he goes to the car dealership, and you get to see that uh, that monster truck monster in truck. action. And he it smashes right in there and goes down at, at some cars. Wonderful. Yes. Look at the monster truck. Like, come on, guys.
1: He's Ben Gazzara. He needs a he needs a monster truck. He's got all his uh, money. You know. The Why monster not? truck
0: was Bigfoot Seven. Yes. And it cost five hundred thousand dollars, and it was that whole scene was done in one take.
1: I mean, you kind of have to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. You're not I, don't, I don't know, know how you. Re-
1: I I can't imagine saying, "Oh wait, we got to redo that again."
0: It says here, <laughs> Bigfoot had to be repainted after the scene. Here we go. This is the best part though. And went on to crush cars throughout the country and the world. Yes. So if you were worried about the status of uh, Bigfoot, <laughs> it, li- five, it lived on. Yes. And also a lot of people were, were kind of storming the set uh, because this was after Dirty Dancing, and and Patrick Swayze was just such a hunk. There's a lot of like ladies popping Back up room, throughout yeah. this set you know like when he's in the river after the the big fight coming up there was some women in a raft that had sailed by and yeah then there was like an extra plane a waitress that was like staring at Swayze the whole time and yeah it was just he's, he's Swayze yeah you know? we all could not get enough of him to this I thing. I can't I can't I have they already fucked at this point have yes
1: they, they have yeah okay yeah so I mean this, that and that scene is is pretty unreal too I mean yes. like that that whole sequence is pretty Ridiculous! Um, it's
0: it's two of the uh, some very horrible chemistry f- being forced to f- you know force chemistry and then also like against the rocks <laughs> on a wall <laughs> on standing a wall. Up. yeah and also like these windows are wide open there's no curtains it's very clear that the bad guy has been spying on them the whole time he's out there dicking balls naked gets out on the roof and is just like do 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 it's like you're gonna be at your most vulnerable when you right across the river is people trying to kill you on a nightly basis. It's a little crazy. It's I
1: basically say. like a slap in the face to, to Ben Gazzara. So, I mean, that's obviously going to piss him Slapped off. Slapped
0: him with his dick in the yeah. face. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Movies ruin these arms of mine. That was a very hard song for me to, to infiltrate for a longest time because of uh, how cheesy it had come off in movies. But it, it's a great song. Yeah. No, it is. Just not in this context. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I like in the beginning of it where like he puts on it's like a lot like almost like not punky but it's like a, like a faster song. Bullets, puts...
0: I sold my soul to rock and roll, and I think he when he was he was tested. Out, I think he was gonna he would have been happy to have sex to that song. I Cause think he's he, like you mm-hmm. like it. She's like, uh-uh, and he's like, yeah, all right, I guess not. But I think he, he, the fact that he even brought it to the table was just like it's gonna be a good time. But she was looking for something a little more sensual, you know. Yeah, I can. That's see more that. like a second or third date song to to have sex too
1: i think at that point they probably had been on a couple dates i guess at that point I like think two. I,
0: well i just mean by date i mean penis and vagina Dan. oh okay yes
1: all right
0: the, the <laughs> layman's date
1: <laughs> thank you for clarifying
0: you're welcome um and these hours of mine was actually uh, the love scene in dirty dancing too so they double dipped with this one
1: do you think swayze uh said that or like do you see the key was the one that suggested it or
0: I, maybe he was even like look i guess we can put it on the soundtrack but i'm getting two songs on myself so yeah, yeah maybe you know. that
1: was the deal yeah
0: that's what you get and then I, I believe it's after this point then you get uh the Emmett fire a little ways farm.
1: down a little ways down
0: well i mean i guess because we had backtracked to get to the sex scene but i mean where we're yeah. at now yes. basically is um you know doc comes by and says hey you, sh- you should leave town and then that's when there's an interrupt. She's even like, you should leave now. And then the explosion happens, like, yeah. you know, mid-sentence. Away. It's perfectly <laughs> gets that point across. Yeah. And then he hops down, uh, poor knees look like they're pretty rough already on this one. And this is where you get the fight with Jimmy.
1: Well, he pulls Emmett out first. And Yes, he says,
0: he, like, all right, I'll go ahead and save Emmett's life. We have a good relationship. Yes. And then he sees Jimmy fleeing the scene and he he manages to intercept him and this is where he, we get the special you know hyped this throughout is, the film throughout I mean, the you, film you, i don't you know hear this about is the it. legend going around town it almost seems like this one didn't make it to the streets it's like guys you think that's bad he ripped a guy's throat and uh you'll be telling the story at this point because
1: it's amazing it yes. is like of all the things because again they because they hype it in the beginning of the movie like i mean you know that he killed a guy already they should have hyped he-
0: this in the trailer
1: Yes, should they on, the, on, the,
0: on the poster, like, see a man's throat ripped, you know?
1: Well, I mean, I don't think they want... If they're trying to market it to the ladies, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a selling point. They wa- By the watch...
0: soft, sensual hands of Patrick Swayze.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the soft, loving loving hands of, of Patrick yes. Swayze.
0: Ladies, do you want Swayze's hands on or your throat? You might not want after this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, this scene's pretty amazing because because the, the tensions have kind of built his And he's like, the number two guy to Ben Gazzara. So like, yes. you know, you're, you're getting like to almost the final boss stage of, if, if we're talking about it, like a video game. So you're getting, you're getting close. And-, and it's
0: kind of tough because, you know, so many years have passed since this movie, you know, it, here's a good way to kind of frame it with what we do is like, you see a lot of our, the noir films we do and, and you're seeing a lot of these tropes from when they first started first were revolutionized. So you kind of forget where it comes from. And that's what we do with our podcasts. And in this instance, you see, like, a, a MacGruber, and they rip out at least three throats in that movie. You're like, oh, man, one one throat's not that much. But, you yeah, know, right. this is where it first started. I mean,
1: it's a little graphic. I mean, you know. Have you seen MacGruber, like, Dan? I have not.
0: Please watch MacGruber. It's actually one of the low-key, like, underrated funniest movies of the last, like, decade or so. I've heard
1: that. I've heard that. And uh, especially
0: yeah. if you love Roadhouse. I mean, it's got that same love in this one. And, yes, I will spoil it. Three throats are ripped.
1: <sighs> Well, I guess now I need to see it because, I mean, I, this is probably one of my favorite parts of the entire movie in Roadhouse is, is this, this whole fight scene. But, yes, I mean, when it gets down to the, the end of it and when the, the doc is running down and she sees what's about to take place and then he does it and you see, like, the kind of, like, what did I just do kind of look on, on Patrick Tracy's face, too, where you like, he's
0: gone, full, he's gone all in, you know, something he's been yeah. trying to, to silence. This was uh, one of those, like, original movies where you were showing someone who, like, was having a conflict and was really trying to, like, not be that person that they used to be. And then, of course, right. they can't help themselves. And that's what gets us uh, saved at the end of the day. But well, Swayze I mean, is the first to kill. This is the first murder, you know. Megazard yes. is just scaring people. Swayze right. gets first blood or a yes. first throat, if you will.
1: And I love that, like, at the end, like, he, I guess at first I should mention that he, it's very similar to the initial story about him rip- killing the guy in Memphis is he ripped the guy's throat because he was at gunpoint. And this happens again, because it, it escalates to the point where Jimmy pulls out a gun on him. And that's why it gets down to.
0: Yeah. And Jimmy the- had the- already the- overpowered him once before. Um, yeah. You know, it's definitely a, a survival thing for right. sure. They're pretty um, equally
1: matched. Uh, the two of them. He is in a f- fighting
0: Marshall T uh, who played Jimmy once again. Uh, he told the story where he took his mother to the premiere of the movie. And uh, during the fight, when he says the oh, line is no. to fuck guys like you in prison his mother jumped up and proudly shouted, that's my boy.
1: I knew, I knew, I did hear that. I I, I was (laughs) was afraid of that. I I also love that, you know, when he's done it, he like, he has that moment and then he like looks across the lake and then he he grabs the body and then like throws him into the lake and says
0: throat throatless y- his, body is just floating yeah. through and he yells he yells over to he's like Wesley! Wesley! Oh, my oh god it's so good like all of a sudden you're basically just like in a rambo movie exactly. and they like, did one fight around 71 times i'm not sure if it was this one and it took 5 days so
1: i think at this point it's like it's the the, the toothpaste was out of the, out of the tube you know what I mean? like i mean you, 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 you cannot you cannot go back from that i mean once once you take, take a guy's life, especially a guy so close to, to Ben Gazar, you knew that it was only going
0: to get worse from there. Absolutely. And also, one thing you could hear on the, the compound, there's like a weird background noise, like a, a shrieking noise that you mm-hmm. can hear. Uh, and that's actually peacocks. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were infam- infamously used as living alarms uh, in the uh, Turkish prison. Oh. Yes, and you can see why, because they make a very distinctive noise. just yeah. like interesting um yes. yeah so at this point he, he's going he goes nuts but doc doesn't like what she saw she can't really get into a throat rip so she leaves and wesley the next day he calls dalton and he says look either wade or doc is gonna get killed i'll flip flipping, a coin i'm flipping a coin and good luck and so dalton he thinks it's doc that he's going after and she's fine she's checking x-rays He's not going to kill her. I
1: mean, like, because, cause,
0: cause, you know what I mean? Because like, Cause we already, I think by this point, we already know that he's, like, into her.
1: Oh, yeah. We know that he's yeah. loved her for a long time. So, yeah. Right. I, I, I think that's one thing that you're just like, come on, Swayze, you got to know. You, exactly. you got to know what's happening. But he's blinded by love. I get it. I get it.
0: So then we, we find out that uh, Wade is the one who he's going after. But he, he gets roughed up. He gets roughed up. But, you know, he survived because he's a yep. badass. And what are you going to do? Cam Elliott? <laughs> Absolutely. But he leaves him there at the bar by yes. himself
1: and goes to get the doctor. Cause he basically like, you know what? I give up, we're done. Now he could see that Ben Gazzara is like crazy. So he's just like, I'm out. You, well, yeah, and, he,
0: and he's got the knife where it says it
1: was tails too. Well, that comes back later. So so basically what happens is, uh, I guess rush through it, but basically what happens is, He's still alive when he leaves him, when he leaves the bar. Yeah. He goes to get the doc, and the doc says, no, like you're awful and vicious. You just ripped a guy's throat out. I'm not going anywhere with you. So then yeah. he goes back to the double deuce, and then that's where we find out, well, it looks like he's just kind of laying drunk on the bar, but he was actually stabbed, and there's a note that it was Tails. It's,
0: yeah, so he grabs the knife, and he, uh, he heads after Wesley. Yes,
1: and, and what a, what another great scene in this film. film when, with his uh, good car. With his good car. He, yeah, he takes his good car, and he puts the pedal down, with the knife, and it's like yes. coming, it's charging at the mansion, and he got all of his henchmen out there with guns, and it's just like oh, and it man. does a nice
0: flip and everything. Yeah, it's, it's so beautifully good. shot. It's so good, so good. Um, they just
1: the like don't they don't make them like that anymore. Like that that type of like awesome action just like does not exist.
0: And he takes down the henchman. You know, he's already ripped her throat, so he is in the zone. Plus, you know, his, his friend is dead.
1: Oh, he's out for blood now. He's out definitely.
0: for like, blood.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's go, he he systematically goes. One by one, and, and gets through all the other henchmen throughout the house. Takes care of all of them. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. And so he, he, you know, he's basically ready to finish Wesley. He's he's uh, he's the winner, but he's he decided against it. He's trying to be a better man.
1: He had he had the he had like the the uh, the throat. He grabbing. Had the
0: th- yeah, he had his he had a specific. Every time you see his hand go to that specific throat grab, oh my god! And again, I will say, watch grouper because you will see that uh, okay. hand come back. It's lovely.
1: Well he shows that he shows a little bit of mercy. Like he shows yes. that he's trying to change his ways and he know he knows that through like they were still having this kind of brutal fight, which honestly was ridiculous. I mean, I, I like through the through the struggle, like he gets shot in the, uh, Dalton gets shot in the arm. So yes. but still it's like, come on, him versus Bengazara, like he should win pretty easily. I know.
0: And you know, Benghazar they even show him like he's worried, like he's like, Oh god, I could see that he's coming for me. Yeah, and I'm losing my my muscle, like I am fucked. Yeah,
1: I mean, come on. Like, I feel like he, he wins pretty easily, but yeah, they struggle for a bit, and then he's about to 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 pick up his gun as Dalton Wesley's, walks away. Yeah,
0: and Dalton walks away, yeah. and then you get uh, Red, Emmett, Pete, and Frank. They they go ahead and take matters into their hands, and like, look, if we're taking over this town, we're taking it over completely. This is our town. Yeah, don't you forget it. Forget it? Yep. So they they go ahead and uh, they murder him.
1: And That's that's pretty much it. Do you think that's a fitting end? I mean, besides, you know, besides the whole you know naked swimming sequence at, at the end <laughs> to, to the Jeff Healey song, do you think that's a, a fitting ending to what takes place? Like, what takes place with you know in the context of the movie? Like, do you think that like the, like, the
0: town kind of getting was, their shots? Yeah, in?
1: was that the resolve that you wanted versus maybe Patrick Swayze just killing the guy?
0: I didn't need Patrick Swayze to kill him. I think he okay. he, he had done enough. I mean, I. I Something needed to happen for sure. And, yes. and it did. So it's it's ultimately okay. But um,
1: he needed to go down. We, you he knew, needed you knew, to go down. And I like that to the down. town
0: took him down. I like that the town kind of yeah. finally stood up for themselves after yes. cowering down for this man and allowing him to just completely win over their town yeah. through illicit means. Um, yeah, I think that's a nice ending for sure.
1: And then uh, them all kind of throw their hands up. Oh, I didn't see anything when the, when yeah. the police arrive.
0: Exactly. Uh, oh, I, um,
1: you, you see anything? Nope.
0: For once, finally, someone pulls that move, and it's not for evil.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, when you look at at the state that Ben Gazzara's in, it blasted it into a, a glass uh, table, and he's just got blood completely all over. Like, imagine coming to that scene and just being all these guys standing around. You're like, something happened here. Like, all I know
0: is whoever was doing the sweeping on the set Roadhouse, I hope they got paid well because. Oh yeah, a lot there's of so stuff. much shards and broken props that, yeah. A lot of mess. Patrick Swayze knee drainage that probably needed mopping. Yes. There was a lot of... uh... Patrick Swayze's knee just leaking all over the place. Come on, Swayze. Would you wrap that thing up? (laughs) Come on, man. How many times have I told you? I'm not going to tell you again. And both Patrick Swayze and Ben Gazzara died of pancreatic cancer, which is a a sad coincidence. Yeah. We we miss them both. Yes. Uh, They should still be making movies with us. With there us. was a Roadhouse, too. Yeah, we would love to to, yes. to do that. There was a Roadhouse, too. It almost involved Swayze, but he backed out. Uh, it sounds like rightfully so. Probably smartly, yes. I don't think we're going to be covering that one. But April Fool's will be over after this episode. And we are actually going to do the Roadhouse we promised the first time around. So you didn't watch it for nothing if you watched it.
1: And I am still looking forward to watching that one. The one, like it's been on my list for a while. I heard there's I...
0: some very little slight coincidences between the two as well. So really interesting, interesting to unpack those. Very slight, but just, you'd be surprised. Oh, wow, look at that. But you know, it's not just the title they share.
1: So it's not a remake is what you're saying? So, that, well, so we're the, gonna the 89 f- is not a remake of the 41? We're going to find out. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the cast alone is great, man. I, I, and, and the I'm cast. Re- I read a little bit about it. I was like, okay, yeah, this seems promising. Like,
0: I think it's going to be a good time... Um, I mean, a good enough time, at least, you know, I don't want to overhype it, but uh, especially something I haven't seen. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We knew this was coming for a while. So it was, I feel like now we're finally actually oh, we are going to watch that (laughs) roadhouse. Yes. But I I think I am
1: in a way, I've said it many times, but I just, I I just think this movie is amazing. Like, I I think as much as it is just a ridiculous action movie, there's, there's just, there are a lot of layers to this. There's so much subtext, there's so much layering in this movie i think it's kind of like
0: accidentally brilliant like yeah it's just like somehow it managed to be better than it should have been considering everyone involved um, i don't mean acting wise i I think that was one of the things is like well cast and they got so lucky you know other than kelly lynch but you you do what you got to do you look at everyone else's i mean sure we love striking distance but striking distance is uh not roadhouse you know
1: no it's got it's got some great moments but it's not totally
0: right exactly and just like yeah so everything that the the crew other than producer joel silver went on to do was wasn't really anything of no i think the writer of the movie did a steven seagal movie i saw yeah i think so out for justice i think it was yeah so i mean you get what you get but it was fun to take this little little, little uh detour if you will yes no <laughs> I, just, can we ever say detour again without not thinking of the movie I don't think so. Probably. I think not. we like before we did the podcast, maybe. But at this point, it's just like all I ever think about. But yeah, it was nice to do this week. We we realized that April Fools was going to be a Thursday this year, and it, mm-hmm. it seemed like a, a worthwhile thing to do. So I don't. And we I'm have not a sure mutual
1: if, love for Roadhouse. So do you have any kind
0: of favorite April Fools things that happened in your life? Uh, one that comes to mind that I always liked was uh, I remember one time Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune switched hosts for the day. Really? Yeah, that was kind of cool. I like like That's gentle cool. April Fools. You know, like I don't want too much. Yeah, like pranks, like serious... yeah, you know, anything like that.
1: I'm not a, not necessarily that. I mean, it's it's not really anything like funny. But I have a really good friend, longtime friend, that was born. Her birthday is April first. So I, every time I think of April first, I think of that. It's not a funny. I'm, April I don't Fool's like that Day at thing. all, man. No. I know. I didn't. think I you feel like
0: that. you just April fooled me with uh, getting hype on that story. I'm like, oh, what do you got? Gonna... Oh, it's a yeah. friend. What's no. your friend's name?
1: Uh, her name is Erin.
0: Happy birthday, Erin.
1: Yes. Happy hope birthday.
0: Hope you like this episode we made for you.
1: <laughs> it's all for you
0: the whole shebang yeah but
1: yeah no I, I can't really think of any like i think i feel like my dad would always try to get my dad always tries to tries to like play jokes on me all the time so i feel like I, i'm trying to remember if like he did one like really good one but i nothing's coming to mind at the moment but he's always tried to play it but i, I feel like i just i just know better so like i i, t- I tend to not <laughs> like i don't i don't really go too far with with it just because i just know i've known him my whole life so i know how he is but yeah i can't think of any like real specifics yeah like i said it's the only thing i always think of april 1st just because just because i think of my friend yeah, but no, I'm I'm glad I am glad we did Roadhouse. I, I think it, it was a lot of fun to watch. I I, I I think I mentioned it when we first started talking about it. Like this is a movie that if it's ever on anywhere, like if I'm if I'm home, it's on. I'm flipping channels, it's on. I'm watching it. Like it's yeah. it, it's no matter what point, and I'm I'm not like that with a lot of movies, but no matter what part of the film this, this movie's at, it, I will watch it.
0: There's not a wasted scene. It's all extremely watchable and and fun. So yeah, I, absolutely, you gotta. You gotta put Roadhouse on. You should have a copy also. I mean, it's just such a a perfect film that I feel like is enjoyed by all. You know, I've never really heard anyone not like Roadhouse.
1: I I've gotten flack for it, like about how much I have talked it up because I mean I I think I talk it up a lot. Yeah, well, then
0: don't overhype Roadhouse, you know. But still good. Roadhouse speaks for itself. Overhype. I don't think it's possible to overhype. You just
1: your friends tried to tell you that they tried to tell me it, but I don't think it's justified. That's what I'm saying. I'll show you.
0: I'm going to devote a whole episode to this bad boy.
1: I'll say this, I, I've gotten to the point where like, I might think about just maybe either doing a separate podcast devoted to Roadhouse or <laughs> teaching a masterclass in Roadhouse, like road, Roadhouseology. Like, and, we, and we go through different, different layers and the different you know, philosophy and, and, and everything that comes, comes with the film. That sounds like a good time. And I,
0: I'm looking forward to next week when we can hopefully add a little more to the curriculum of the history of the house uh, on the road, you know? Yes, exactly. All right, guys. we will well, work on we'll- it. We'll see you there next week. Come email us if you need to. The real out of the podcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram and Facebook, out of the podcast, and Twitter at out of the cast. Come, come give us a follow. Come give us an email. Get social in your medias.
1: You should shout out our live journal, too.
0: <laughs> you know, that one needs to be found. You yeah. need to request our friendship there, and then you get to see what we've really, really have true. to... Don't go googling for live journals though, because you may find my old live journal, and I don't know if I want that found. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, otherwise, I say thank you for checking in. It was great to see you guys, and here's the crime. Here's the crime.